on? Suns fans, Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Ah, Kelly Clarkson! And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, your one and only Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys. By the fans, that is us. Hey, Paul. Yo. Tell them who the intro and outro music is from. Oceans Over Airplanes. Check them out over at oceansoverairplanes.com. It's been a while, so I thought I'd throw a curveball at you like right away. You actually handled it quite well. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. I almost screwed that up. <laughs> I saw there was a little fear in your eyes when I said your name right there. You're like, what? What I do? I almost What's going mixed on? them up with Oceans Over Airplanes and Angels Over Airwaves. <laughs> I've definitely almost called them Oceans Over Airwaves before. So I, I, I got it, man. I got you. So at any rate, uh, Welcome to this episode. We've been away for a bit. Uh, I, I'm going to take full full responsibility for that because I went on vacation for like a grand total of three weeks and was gone. And while we were gone, I was gone. We tried to record a pod, but it totally screwed up and ended up wasting like four hours of my vacation. Okay, maybe like an hour, but still. Uh, regardless, we're it's back. The first one we had to can. Right. The first one we had to can. Hey, after two years, I figure that's that's not too bad, right? Yeah. But here we are. We are coming back in the, the the dog days of the NBA summer. I mean, right now, we're just sitting here like scrounging around as NBA fans for something to grasp onto NBA wise because we're, you know, right at that point where we're just waiting for training camp and all that kind of stuff to start. Hey, LeBron opened a, opened a school. You know what? I'm happy you brought that up. Oh. <laughs> No, 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 no. Get ready to hear hear possibly the first or second positive thing I have ever said about LeBron uh, come out of my mouth. I mean, kudos to him for that. But but I guess maybe it won't be just about Le- LeBron. But more importantly, I feel like over this past week, two people who I despise is a strong word, but I will go ahead and use it anyway. Two people who I despise. One in LeBron and the second in Greg Popovich. Both did things that made me sit there and go, God damn it, why are you doing stuff to make me not hate you? Like, yeah, Greg Popovich started doing that a long time ago. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> the, the, the video of watching him practice with the <laughs> USA team was, was above and beyond anything he's ever done in the past, at least from my perspective, in terms of stop doing stuff that's making me actually like you. Uh, it, he looked like a spazzy 12-year-old. It was, it was awesome, and... <laughs> So kudos to Greg Popovich for that, and kudos to LeBron James for opening up a school in Akron. I mean, that's that's outstanding. Got to appreciate it. But now that we're three minutes plus in, let's talk about the Suns, shall we? Eh, it is the summer. There's not that much going on. I don't know why you would say that. I mean, we've got Rashawn Rich Homie Holmes on our team now, right? We do. I had to look him up. Like when? Just now or? Like when the trade happened, I'm like, I didn't know he existed. <laughs> I think I think a lot of Suns fans would probably agree with that sentiment. He wasn't exactly on the radar. But, you know, outside of the fact that he has an interesting nickname uh, that is used. Uh, I, don't even, I don't know how much it's used. You know, I've seen it a couple times online. But at any rate. Uh, I want to hear it, Al McCoy call him Rich Homie. Oh, I will would, laugh out loud if that happens. That will be fantastic. He's going to have to do it, right? Uh, probably. He's just going to have to. So, 
you know, it's it's an interesting pickup. I mean, I don't think anybody sees him coming in and says, oh, man, we got a game changer here. But he's the type of guy that can provide a spark off the bench. He's super athletic, you know, good finisher, emphatic shot blocker, that type of thing. So apparently hustles. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, that's that's what I've been reading and hearing about him since he's been traded to the Suns is that he's going to bring a very hard-nosed mentality, uh, a hustler, uh, a guy that's going to energize not only the team but presumably the fans that are in attendance at games with, you know, the the uh, the <laughs> uh, the wow, I just had a complete brain brain fart with his <laughs> contributions. I mean, there it's right. it's not he's not one of those guys I think that's going to fly under the radar and be like, "Oh, he had a good game." It's going to be remember that finish that he had, remember that block that he had. Uh, and you know when when you have a, a team that at least a couple of years back there was a lot of discussion about how soft the Suns were and all that, and then it seems like they went to the exact polar opposite. Uh, you know, maybe not so much last year, but the year before when Marquise Chris and he probably still would want to do it, but pretty much wanted to fight everybody and anybody. Uh, perhaps perhaps Rich Homie here is going to have a nice uh, happy medium there. Uh, between the two extremes and and just bring some enthusiasm some positive energy to the team but again not really looking at it like this is a guy who's going to be any sort of difference maker some positive minutes sure but above and beyond that you know it's 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 more of an intangible thing perhaps not to go on a tangent there but I just maybe uh Think of something. I, I'll be interested but to you're see. you're going to go on it. I'm going to go a quick, quick tangent because you just kind of brought that up of how we went from not a tough team to kind of a team that kind of wanted to fight everybody. I'll be interested to see if and how Kokoshkov changes the Suns' mentality with, with regards to technical fouls. We were, we got a lot. Mm-hmm. For you know, just yapping at the refs, getting in people's faces, things like that. And I'll be interested to see if that continues, if it changes, if it's one of those things that just, with, particularly with Booker kind of rising up that star ladder, will he start to get some of that star treatment where he's allowed to do that and he's not getting called for it? Whereas as a younger player, he did. Right. Maybe maybe a little bit more respect for Booker and and I mean ultimately. Winning's going to do that too, you know. Right. These, last year, the year before, when Marquise Chris is running around, just you know, ready to get up in everybody's face anytime something minutely negative happens, and that's hyperbole. But you get what I'm getting at. That's mm-hmm. that's something that the refs are going to be hypersensitive about because it's not a winning team. I think with 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 winning comes that type of respect from from the officials, whether it's whether it's something that's uh, subconscious or they're doing it consciously it's 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 something that occurs uh so i don't know that kikoshkov i mean maybe infusing a little more discipline within the team is going to help that situation but you know at the same time these guys are who they are you can't you can't uh you can't tame a wild dog i don't know did i just make up the saying i i I feel like that's definitely not a saying wild horse i feel like you totally tame a wild horse right any, anyway, uh, you're not going to make these guys change their personalities completely. Maybe maybe it tones down a little bit. Does it tone down enough to help reduce the technical fouls? Who knows? Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, if the Suns start winning more games, I don't care how many technical fouls they get. Right. 
as as long as they're not getting thrown out of playoff games because well, they let's, <laughs> let's, hey, okay paul we are the podcast <laughs> of optimism but let's not start throwing the word the p word around just so quickly <laughs> we've got we've got we've got we've got some steps to take before we get there first we get to 30 wins then we get to, to 35 wins 35 wins <laughs> and then we start thinking playoffs 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 you talking playoffs anyway uh wow i just i combine i feel like i combined jim mora with uh alan iverson right there too oh i'm on i'm on fire tonight i love it okay so paul anything else about rashawn holmes besides the fact that you didn't know who he was and you haven't said anything else at all about him (laughs) um honestly not too much it was um it it was kind of one of those under the radar moves that um mcdonough likes to make with those like little guys or like end of the bench guys that can actually um contribute more than they may have in the past so i'll be interested to kind of see kind of what he brings to the table just from that standpoint i mean i know we have like marquise chris on the team who will also possibly be on the bench um with that athleticism and whatnot and so it'll be interesting to see how different those two players when they're on the court together well, one, how they interact, and two, like what different types of things they bring to the to the court when they're in, and which one of them possibly wins out for minutes. Sure, and and you know one one thing, last last thing on on Rashawn Holmes here. While I don't expect him to be a big contributor to the team, at the same time, I think they're getting. I think the Suns are getting a guy that. It's not really it's not really clear exactly what he is yet. I mean, he's he's older considering he's only in his what his third, fourth year he's going into in the NBA. Uh I believe he was a four-year player uh coming out of college, uh but he's I think 25 somewhere in there. That sounds right then, okay. four-year player and going into his fourth year. But he he's had some kind of interesting undulations in terms of stats and whatnot uh, so far in his first three years. I mean, his first year he came out averaging five and a half points a game, give or take, then jumped up to 9.8 the following year. And then last year fell back down to 6.5 and kind of fell out of, you know, favor over there in Philly. But a more interesting one that I, that that I saw was his rookie year. He shot something like 16% from three point range. His second year, he shot 35%. And then last year, he dropped down to 18% again. <laughs> Granted, last year, he took a lot less than he did during his second year, but it's kind of confusing in regard to, okay, can this guy shoot or can he not shoot? Because it's right. not like we're talking about a 5% differential. I mean, he was Double 100% better his second year than he was <laughs> his first year and, and third year. So if you get the type of Rashawn Holmes that can hit 35% three-point range, uh, and and provide the other benefits to the team that we know he can provide, being you know that kind of spark plug and and a good finisher and all that. You know, maybe maybe he'll surprise some people with the productivity that he provides to the team. We'll see. Um, along with the Rashawn Holmes move, though, came with and I will do a little little sign of the cross here and say peace out, my friend. Jared Dudley, no longer a Phoenix Sun. He'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> he might be. Yeah, how great would that well, be? Well, I think he's 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 gone on record saying that when he retires, he wants to retire a Phoenix Sun. So I would be surprised to get one of those one day deals so he can just 
retire, which for a journeyman player, those don't happen often. But I can see at least though he's a journeyman player from the the personality standpoint, the way he ingratiated himself to the fan base. Mm-hmm. And um, he seems to have a very good relationship with uh, Robert Sarver. I can mm-hmm. see the team doing that for him, especially because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in some way on, on a Suns bench at some point right. or and, front office. And and when his career winds up, it, it will be interesting to see if he comes back to the Suns in – in a you know a post player in, in a bench role or in a front office role because I would like that move. You look at yeah. it from the same perspective of bringing in James Jones. I mean, a guy that's respected around the league uh, for all intents and purposes, as far as I know, Jared Dudley is also respected around the league, and he's a very personable guy. I mean, we've we've talked about before how you don't see or hear a lot about James Jones, and and it seems like he's become more of a talking head for the Suns, and I mean Mm -hmm. that in a positive way as of late, Uh, you know, being out there in the media more and whatnot, but Dudley's a guy that there wouldn't be any adjustment time at all for that type of uh, role. So he he basically created player first media. mm -hmm. What what do you call it? JMZ? JMZ, right? So no, that that would be that would be interesting in the future if if that path uh, came to fruition. Now, now that we've said all these positive things about Dudley, <laughs> I am going to say one, I don't want to call it a negative thing, but I, 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 I took a little offense to a, com- to a comment that he made on the Woj pod uh, recently. And, and I'll, I'll say this with the caveat that I frankly didn't listen to the entire podcast or any of that podcast. You just, re- so, you just read, the, read the transcript of a I'm, clip of it. I, I, yes, I... I, I read one single quote. I wouldn't even go as far as a transcript of a clip. I read one quote, but he said, and I quote, I just think for a veteran player, Ariza coming in, he might see a little bit of the lack of direction. I think that sometimes it might get frustrating not seeing the direction. As a player seeing the direction, you can embrace it. It was just tough to see at times, end quote. Now, I get where he's coming from because obviously he was with the Suns for the past uh, you know couple of years. And he had Earl Watson as coach. He had Earl Watson as coach, and the Suns were actively trying to tank. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Nobody's going to argue that they were trying to win games over the past few years. They've been trying to tank and get good lottery picks, and, and you know now that plan has come to fruition. <clears throat> the reason I take a touch of offense to that is because I think at this point, you're not going to see that lack of direction from the Suns. Now, are there still some holes? Yeah, sure, there are. Point guard, there's still a hole there. But at the same time, Ryan McDonough, and we've said this before on this podcast, he has his team. There's right. no reason for the Suns this year to say, okay, well, Devin Booker has a slight, slight, slight pain in his you know lower leg, so we're going to go ahead and sit Shut him for four weeks. Right. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton's not going to be sitting on the bench just to sit on the bench because the Suns want to lose. And I think the Ariza move shows that. They brought in a veteran and paid him a premium. Granted, it's a premium that isn't going to cost the Suns in the future in terms of salary cap space. But still, it shows that they're committed to trying to win sooner rather than later. So the right. lack of direction, I don't think, is going to be a, a, the, the a, a situation Bridges anymore. The Mikhail Bridges draft pick. Right. Another Mikhail Bridges point. draft pick, yeah, is they—, they drafted a player who may not have the upside of other players available, but he also had a, has a much higher floor and was much more NBA ready to go. 
because they want they're not they don't want to be waiting on him to grow and develop like they have with a number of their previous picks like you know Chris um, Jackson Bender etc. Those it's like we want to start we want guys who can be productive from day one and whereas when Dudley was brought on he was kind of brought on and he even said it when he was uh, reacquired he's there to be a mentor and they talk about that a little bit with Ariza as well but. Ariza's still a productive player. Dudley was kind of on the downswing of that. He is, he had already kind of transitioned into that mentor role when he was at Milwaukee. And, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he was on, he was on uh, the Wizards too, right? I can't remember what order which one was. I don't remember I what was order it was. Milwaukee, then, then Wizards, then Phoenix. But either way, he had pretty much transitioned to that mentor role and was accepting of the fact that he was probably not going to get a lot of, or was going to get a lot of DNP even when he came in or at the very least in the second, third years of that deal. And that proved out. That's not what Ariza was brought in to do. Ariza's brought in to, to be a starter. He's closer to what Tyson Chandler was when Chandler was brought in. Granted, Chandler wasn't brought in to be a mentor either. Chandler was was a gamble to get LaMarcus Aldridge Aldridge and accelerate the rebuild. That gamble didn't pay off, and Chandler was willing to accept that mentor role. I Granted, he didn't have the players to properly mentor to really get to that next level. Hopefully, Aiton is that player. Hopefully, Chandler can instill in him some of that work ethic, particularly on the defensive end and that focus. But... um, those guys took that mentor role and they kind of ran with it. And that's not a hundred percent what Ariza is being brought in for. I mean, if the Suns were looking to kind of just run out young guys again and just wanted some mentors, to, some old guys to fill up the bench, they could have found those guys for a lot cheaper than Trevor Ariza at 15 million bucks. Yeah. No. Granted to the other side of that, Ariza is coming from the team with the best record in the NBA. They were literally a pulled hamstring away from making the finals and probably winning that championship to go to literally the worst team in the league last year. I mean, they're not, hopefully not that moving forward. There's been a lot of change in that roster. That starting lineup is going to have possibly one returning person from last year. So, um, it's a it's a different situation, so they you're walking into it with different expectations, and the Suns don't want to lose. I don't think they want to lose any season. It's just more of a situation. They probably have a they had a shorter leash in previous seasons of like, okay, we're done trying to win. It's better for us to do this because we need to look more to the future. I think they're they're past that. Right. And, and, you know, one other thing with Ariza, you know, you bring up a good point in terms of Ariza coming from a team that was on the precipice of winning an NBA title. Because I will say, without that pulled hamstring you referenced, they win that series, there's no way they don't win the NBA title. Right. There just isn't. Uh, The fact that he's going to a team that was the worst team in the NBA last year, I think shows that that he sees that there's some direction there. Right, uh, because yeah, he's he's further along in his career um, than uh, other players uh, than than pretty much the entire Suns roster. Uh, so if he and he has a title, 
He won a title with LA back earlier in his career. Right. I forget about that. But if, if, if he was going to a situation where he thought there was just no hope, then why would he do that at this point in his career? He doesn't need the money. He, but again, he's, he's had a long career. It's not like the dude's going to be hurting for money. He's right. not taking a payday just to, to go to a bad team be, and think that we're not going to have any opportunity to progress and win. Uh, he's coming here for a reason. Either that or the Suns are just really good at pitching things. Uh, but if that were the case, then we probably would have got LaMarcus Aldridge three years ago or whenever that was, and we wouldn't <laughs> perhaps be in the same situation we are right now. No, Jeff Hornison might still be our coach. Might. So... But at any rate, Devin again, Booker I, might not be Devin Booker. Right. That's a fair point. Um, and I, I, I think that's something that we all as Suns fans have to look back at and, and realize and that is. Have the past eight years been shit? Yeah, they have. They really have. But again, podcast of optimism, Paul, I look at this as we're at the point where we've got a roster that's put together that if these guys do what they can do then we're going to be in a very, very good place as Suns fans in the next few years. Right. And if we had gone through, I mean, what's the best case scenario really over the past, you know, eight years? If, if, if LaMarcus Aldridge 16. came here, right, exactly. I mean, the Warriors were still going to be the freaking Warriors. So that right. was awesome. We made the playoffs, but we sat here and lost in the first or second round every year. And and now we're you know with, sitting with a, an aging roster as opposed to a young roster, and just right. sit, and, and and just entering into a rebuild phase. As I'm not saying that they're on the decline now, but as the Warriors are getting to the point where things are going to have to start you know flipping at some point. Conversely, right. now we're at the point where we're on the rise, at the same time that the Warriors are you know presumably kind of at their peak. Right. Yes. I mean, next season could be very interesting. This next off season could be very interesting for the Warriors, which could really flip the script on a lot of the NBA. Cause I mean, Clay and Draymond are both up. Mm-hmm. They're kind of up and Kevin Durant took a one and one. So he, three of their four big guys are free agents mm-hmm. and the amount of money it would cost to bring all of them back. I mean, the Warriors are making money hand over fist right now, but so I can see the uh, ownership not balking at that. But I mean, when you really start getting into that repeater tax, it you know, look look what look what happened with Oklahoma City because they had gotten into that repeater tax so bad that Carmelo Anthony's caught just getting off of two thirds of Carmelo's Anthony Carmelo Anthony's contract saved them a hundred million dollars. A mm-hmm. hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. That is a lot. One hundred million dollars. I like that. I like that. Good. Good reference there, Paul. So, all right. Well, we've we've gone through our optimistic aspect of the show here. I feel like we've laid it on pretty thick there too, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So let's let's move on here. Is it on to the negative, the pessimistic aspect of the show? My part. I'm just, I, I don't know. We'll find out in a moment here. I think my, my, I'm going to remain optimistic. So, well, you do you, Paul. I do me. Deal? Done. Before we head, uh, head over into the pessimistic side of uh, the Suns, uh, I just wanted to hit on one more thing that from the optimistic side. Is there's a um, 
article out of on Bleacher Report. I think it came out yesterday where they were ranking the top ten NBA or the top NBA free agency destinations of 2019, and um, the Suns actually came in at at number ten, which was which was kind of surprising just after the last couple of year number of years. Just you know, we've been going down, 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 down to the bottom, and everyone was just talk and everybody would just talk about the Suns as kind of a joke franchise. So it was really nice to see that. Um, I I agree with it. Um, it obviously the couple moves would have to be made to truly open up space to be available for a max free agent. But if Booker continues to show improvement, Aiton shows that he was worthy of the number one pick and shows that uh, potential. And then you know Jackson Bridges, even T.J. Warren, other guys kind of start to show something and we and the Suns are competitive and they actually get into you know the low to mid 30s in wins I think that could really put the Suns in a position to be an attractive destination to be basically be that one player away of becoming something that's really competitive yeah and I I I I would agree I mean if if you would have if you would have put out that poll or or that article was written two years ago they would have absolutely been at the bottom but they're at that point, and, and this not only goes back to the Ariza thing, and they're being, they're, you know, bringing in a player that's going to make uh, this team competitive, quote unquote competitive. I mean, com- comparably speaking, competitive to how the Suns have been as of late. Um, but also shows that there's there's at least some of the talking heads that they're believing that there is direction of this team. They've got guys in place. You've got. Devin Booker, the youngest kid at the USA training camp or whatever you want to call it here this past week, uh, you've got a number one draft pick coming in. And, and I will I will quickly go on a tangent, Paul, and say how dare you say if he proves himself worthy of the number one pick because he— I'm the pessimistic one. He is absolutely—he's already worthy of the number one pick, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at any rate, it, it, the pieces are coming together for this team. And, right. and and that's what makes them a more desirable you know uh, destination than they were for the past eight years and y- you think back to the glory days of the suns and when I say glory days I'm not talking about you know the seven seconds or less era those were glorious don't get me wrong but I'm talking about 92 93 suns after Barkley came in uh, back then free agents would clamor to come to the suns you know they they brought in guys and Danny Manning came in, um, and that's the only one that comes to mind right now. But, <laughs> but th- it was it was Tom Chambers was the first the first free agent to go the anywhere. first unrestricted free agent ever. Exactly. I mean, you look at it from the perspective of putting basketball aside. Phoenix is not a bad place to be during basketball season. You know, right, and th- there are um, some there are some big time players who have said specifically that they like Phoenix as a destination, as a place to be. Kevin Durant? That's where I was going with that. I was going to start leading in with Blake Griffin because he said that last summer Mm -hmm. before he signed. But, yeah, Kevin Durant on on a very contentious – well, I I don't know if I'd call the podcast itself contentious, but a very interesting podcast with uh, C.J. McCollum – one of the things that they did discuss was what NBA, what NBA cities that they, they liked, and Durant specifically said Phoenix and the Scott and the Scottsdale area. So, with 
with him being a free agent again next summer and him getting to know Booker at the USA summer camp and the Suns being in a position that they could free up max cap space. I don't want to go down. I don't really want to go down that road. Do it, Paul. Do it, Paul. Paul, Paul, stop, stop. Are you right now predicting that Kevin Durant comes to the Phoenix Suns next summer? Do it. Like your do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Say yes. Yes. Oh, ooh, that was a good aspo right there. I like that. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm not that optimistic, but <laughs> not, not either. But I'm gonna you, you know, pressure me and peer pressure. You know God what? You know what? If it happens, you hear you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> according to Paul's <laughs> according to Paul's sources, which are the voices in his head. Kevin Durant really likes purple. Kevin Durant's favorite color is purple, and he loves Scottsdale. Ipso, ipso facto, he is going to be a Phoenix Sun next year. Ipso facto. Was there more to that? Concordedly, ergo, (laughs) vis-a-vis. You done? Are we done with that part of this podcast? Yes? Yeah, we can go pessimistic now. No, I meant mostly just you (laughs) throwing out weird lawyer-slash-Latin terms. We're done with that part of the podcast. We're done with okay, that part sweet. of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, seriously, Phoenix is, we're on the up and up. We're on the up and up. Let's 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 all enjoy this while we can, folks, mm-hmm. because, I mean, we're Suns fans. We're Phoenix folks. We see how sports franchises t- tend to go in Arizona. There's a good chance everything explodes tomorrow. But for right now, let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy this. And on that note, are we going pessimistic now, Paul? Is that what's going to yeah, happen I here? Think we, I, think, I think we turned something that could potentially be really positive into some pessimistic. Now, so. let's, yeah, let's just roll with that. Now let's throw some <laughs> seriously harsh reality at everybody. Okay. So I've been, I've been over the past few days, couple of weeks, kind of keeping an eye on the different power rankings that are coming out uh, from CBS, from ESPN, from other sites in terms of where teams stand at this point in time compared to where they were at the end of the year. Um, the two power rankings that I've, I've looked at most recently would be CBS and ESPN, hence the reason I said them earlier. Uh, CBS hence. right now has, hence, the Suns at 28. ESPN has them just a shade higher at 24, but still second to last in the conference, just in front of everyone's favorite Doormat. Doormat. I was going to say punching bag, the Sacramento Kings. Um, Paul, what do you think about those two separate rankings right there? On point? Is one on point, the other one off point? Do you not care? Do you think the Suns should be in the top three? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I, I do think... I mean, it makes sense to have them on the lower third of these power rankings just because... They haven't proven anything yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're on paper. Yes, they've improved, but that again, that's assuming that their draft picks pan out. It's assuming that some of their uh, players they've already had had taken next step. That you know, Jackson improves on that second half of his rookie campaign. Booker stayed healthy and also continues to improve now that he has other, more weapons around him that can kind of take some of the load off of him. It assumes a lot to you know, be like, oh yeah, these guys are so much better. Whereas 
when you have like a team of more established players who then acquire another established player, you have you would expect more significant increase in wins. Like, I mean, and even if you have a situation like with like the Lakers where you have a bunch of unestablished players who like, if you look at their core, I would actually probably take the Suns core over theirs, but then they get LeBron and that's just, this is such a game changer. You had, they have to jump up and Suns obviously didn't get a move like that. So I'm not surprised that they're low like that. I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns shock some other, um, some teams out there and maybe uh, exceed those expectations. I don't expect if the Suns get less than those projected, that projected mid to high 20 wins, that is like an, that would be like an epic failure for me as a season. I mean, I know the Western conference has improved across the board. I mean, there, there are very few teams that didn't improve in the Western conference. So it makes it hard for the Suns to eke up the standings because you can definitely see the possibility that teams that on paper improved may actually step backwards with regards to the end of the season win-loss record strictly for that reason just because the other teams around them improved that much more. I think the hope is that the Suns are one of those other teams that improved that much more. So whereas if they had some acquisitions that on paper um, made them slightly better than they were last year. You also have that internal growth that a lot of the more established teams aren't going to see. So that's where I'm hoping that the Suns can get into. I'm ho- hoping the Suns get into the low mid 30s. I mean that's that's a lot to ask, but I that's my hope, and that's what I think. Like management is probably shooting for this season, and I think that's the, what can kind of get the Suns into that conversation for some of those top upper tier free agents next summer to see that this team improved from 21 wins to mid thirties and they have open cap space to bring in a max player, which could then vault the team up an even higher level into like possible contention. Sure. And I'm, I'm happy you use the word shock because I, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say really quickly, Paul, that was not nearly as pessimistic as I was expecting. <laughs> so I, I, you're, you're officially buying into the podcast of optimism, and I can appreciate that. But I, I'm, buy, I'm buying into the idea that the Suns are done. Sucking? Th- they've reached the bottom. The, the, they're actively trying to get better. And yeah. Stop sucking. You know, I'll take that then okay. as as less 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 optimism from you and more just desperation. Yeah, <laughs> fair. But uh, to to my optimistic point of view, like I said, I'm happy you used the word shock because I think that people are sleeping on how good this Suns team can be. Now, when I say that, I don't mean I'm expecting them to make the playoffs, but and I'm going to use an analogy here and don't take it as a direct correlation, but more again, as an analogy, a comparison. But I look back to the, uh, the Oh four Oh five sons. Okay. They went from the year before. I think they had 29 wins somewhere in that range and jumped to 62. Nobody saw that coming. Now I'm not saying, no. I'm not saying yeah, it's, when you really only had two major acquisitions, right? The Steve Nash, kind of a big deal 
and, and Quentin, Quentin Richardson. Richardson. Um, less of a big deal. Less of a big deal, but kind of a great shooter when he's with Steve Nash. Um, but I use that I use that analogy because people aren't expecting a lot from this team. I mean, Vegas has their over under at twenty seven and a half. I I'm hard pressed to see, and and I get the point that other teams in the West have improved. But I'm still hard-pressed to see the Suns only winning six more games or seven more games than they did last year. If I were if I were a betting man, Paul. Which you're not. Which I'm totally not. But if totally. I was, I would totally be hammering the over on that 27 and a half games. Because, again, this team, like we've discussed, is 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 growing. Maybe not through acquisitions, but internally. We have to take into account, and I feel like this doesn't get discussed enough or mentioned enough, but Devin Booker, how many games did he play last year, Paul? 54. 54 that's, games. That's not all of them. That, that, if my math is correct, means he did not play 28. You're the CPA, am I right? I use calculators, but that sounds about Let's right. Let's see, 54, 10 would be 64, 20 would be 74. Add 8, that's 82, right? That sounds about right. Boom, nailed it. So... 54 games with Devin Booker and and in in the in the games that he missed just just to tell you how much Devin Booker means to this team take a guess Paul how many of those games they lost by six points or less meaning every other game they lost by seven points or more so out of 28 games how many did they lose by only six points or less six close but no cigar four Four games they lost only by six points or less. So I mean, every other game they how many how many games did they win? You know what, Paul? Don't ask me questions like that. I don't know. I didn't look into that. Well, <laughs> but how I'm, many I'm, losses were there? <laughs> I also don't know that. I don't have that on my computer right now. So forgive me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and just say in 28 games they probably won two. Well, actually, they may not have won any. To be honest, without Booker, they they won some. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they won five. That's just a guess. Okay. We'll go back and we'll look at it, and then we can talk about how close I was next time we record. But point being, four games are lost by six points or less. Um, you know, you're telling me if Booker wasn't in, and 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 mind you, I think two of them were by six. I think the other two were by like three and one. You're telling me if Booker wasn't playing, then maybe that makes a difference, and there's two more wins right there. Uh, you keep in mind also. T.J. Warren last year only played 65 right. games. Uh, and, and and let's also mention the fact that this guy named Alex Len was playing a whole lot of minutes for the Suns last year. They've, and we can also mention that Josh Jackson sucked for about 44 it, games. Exactly, exactly. So, again, I get the idea that the West is, is stronger, but I, I, I still would, again, if I were a betting man, put a lot of money on the Suns winning more than 28 games. And I, I anticipate them getting into that low to mid thirties range, which is totally fine by me because again, and that's assuming health If Booker stays healthy, assuming Warren's still on the team and is healthy. And we've got Deandre Ayton instead of Alex Len playing center. And let's, we haven't even touched on the point guard position yet. I get it. Every, nobody's right. exactly stoked about Brandon Knight being the guy at point guard. But I've pretty much relegated myself to the fact that the Suns really might not be making any more moves, and it might be Knight. 
But you know what? Knight, if he, again, returns to any form, even 60% of what he was as Milwaukee Brandon Knight, Milwaukee Brandon Knight, that's better than the hodgepodge of point guards they threw out there last year. Right, yeah. I mean, he's what? He pretty much is average by like six, between like 16 and 18 points his whole career. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got that combined from our entire point guard rotation on any given night. So right there, that's that's at least a four-point improvement because I'm assuming the backup will have some points. And, and, and I'll take it a step further and say that we might not have gotten that combined, not only in points, but points off assists from our point cards last year. I mean, <laughs> and I'm not saying Brandon Knight's a great distributor, but again, with Booker improving, improving his ability to, 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 to be a playmaker, Jackson hopefully doing the same thing. I, I just see the Suns this year getting into the 30-win range. Uh, and, you know, again, I'm not talking about a 33-win improvement like that 04-05 team did over the previous year. But I, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to do things that maybe people aren't expecting them to do. Right. And, and yeah, if they can get, if they can have a 10 win improvement, I would definitely call the season a success. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's about progressing towards getting to where this team needs to be. And you've got right. guys again, super young roster guys that, you know, are presumably going to continue to continue to improve. And if they improve, then suddenly going back to the whole free agent destination aspect of this, the Suns become an even more desirable free agent destination. Um, and maybe we get one of those guys that can be a, a true difference maker uh, on the court for this team. But time will tell. You know what? Forget it. The Suns are going to win the title this year. I'm going to go with that. Book it. I, 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 they, I already got, different different I sites have them anywhere from like out on Central. plus 50,000 to plus 60,000 in terms of that. So if you're a betting man, that might be worth just throwing some cash in. You just put just down fun. a dollar and you could win $50,000. <laughs> yeah, you don't get it. That's not how it works. But <laughs> but you're, you're, we'll, we'll talk about that later, Paul. Yeah. But if you throw down a dollar, you still win far more than a dollar. So you got that part of it right. I've got, I've got my spot staked out on Central for the parade just already blocking it off i like that that's Mm -hmm. that's 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 my boy i love it sit out there every day on a lawn chair just with a with the sign my son's jersey on you have a son's jersey no well you better go buy one (laughs) i don't know sitting out in the sun's heat in the summer heat in a polyester son's jersey baking at least it doesn't have sleeves so you got that going for you touche yep all right, so anything else on that stuff, Paul? The, the power rankings, the win total? I mean. No, I think I mean I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, I'll be interested to see if – I'll be interested to see if there are any changes to that between now and the start of the season. Obviously, that would probably necessitate some type of move on the, on the Suns' part. Um. But it, that'll definitely be interesting to see if there is another move of any kind of any significance that would shift those rankings in any way. And I'm happy you mentioned that because you know I just said that I've relegated myself to the fact that the Suns are going to go with with Knight at point guard this year. 
Uh, do you think the Suns are going to do anything to shore up that point guard position? Do you see them making any moves? Because I know we talked earlier this summer about the expectation, at least my expectation, that T.J. Warren wouldn't be on the team anymore. But I'm now going to say that I think I'm wrong about that. I think he's going to be there because I just don't see it happening. I don't see any moves happening. But what about you? What do you think on that regard? Um, I really... I'm hesitant to say there's going to be another like a major move this summer just because there really isn't enough chatter about any at least any like point guards really being on the market outside of Kemba Walker and you know I vacillate day to day if I'd like that move to happen or not but I wouldn't be surprised if I don't think TJ Warren will be on the team by the end of the season I I'd still agree whether he's there by the yeah. Whether he's there for the start of the season, that's a whole different story. But um, I could, I'd be interested to see. Um, we've got there's a couple teams out there that are pretty like loaded at the point guard position to the point that it may become detrimental mm-hmm. to them. And the first one I think of off the top of my head is Boston because I mean you got Kyrie coming back. They just signed Marcus Smart to a deal, and they've got Terry Rozier. I mean when you're third string point guard started for you in the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and did just, so very effectively enough, yeah that's not a lot of minutes to go around um and the Celtics are going to have to figure that out or they could potentially run into problems with chemistry which is guys want thinking they deserve earned time that they're not getting so are we- particularly a guy like Rogier who's about to come into restricted free agency mm-hmm. are- and yeah. Are are you saying that having three point guards that all want minutes isn't a plan that works? Not a plan that works when you also have like a bunch of wings that also all want minutes. Because <laughs> they're getting Gordon Hayward back. They've got Jason Tatum. They've got Jalen Brown. They don't really have a lot of centers, but like everywhere else, they're like three deep. And it's just you have these guys who have all feel like they've earned minutes. And you've got Marcus Smart. Not Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris. All these guys who – that could be a bit of a powder keg. I, I, I appreciate your answer. I was more alluding to the I, disaster that was yes. here a few years ago. But, well, again, I appreciate your answer still. I'm saying it could be worse because you have it from both sides. You have the point guard positions overloaded, so you can't even really – but because the wing position is also overloaded there, you can't shift one of those point guards to the two spot – to get minutes there because you have these, you have these wings that also need will possibly need to shift into that two spots so they can get their minutes. Gotcha. No, that makes a ton of sense. And, and I, I just want to say I've taken away from this podcast tonight. Kevin Durant will be a son next year and Boston's imploding. That's what Paul's saying. I appreciate it. Yup. <laughs> Paul Stradamus right here. Bold predictions, bold predictions by Paul. I love it. All right. Well, Paul, my friend, anything else to add? No, I think we're good, man. It's getting late. You tired? You tie-tie? It happens. <laughs> tie-tie. <laughs> tie-tie. I got to get up early tomorrow. Yeah, you and me both, my friend. So, okay, so we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, as always, we appreciate everybody out there listening. We didn't have any comments or anything to read from folks tonight, but as, like we've said before, Stealing from the solar panel, borrowing from the solar panel, 
hop on iTunes, rate, review, leave a review, and we very well might read it. And in fact, we probably will because, well, you know. We got to fill time somehow. We got we to do something with this time, right? So oh, and rate five stars. And rate five stars, yes, yes, yes. Unless, unless you hate us. Well, then still rate five stars, but just be mean in the review. Totally acceptable to us. Right, Paul? Completely. So... Uh, as always, you can catch me on Twitter. I am at so says Jay and Paul. At Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. You can see our nonsensical ramblings on there. And uh, again, thank you very much for listening. And to- wait, oh, I'm springing something on you. Because since we are in the doldrums of the summer, okay. there's not a lot going on in the NBA. Oh, man, curveball. Yep, curveball. Didn't even pray for this at all. Um, how, what's your thoughts on possibly our next episode being a mailbag? I love it. So with that, leave your questions, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in the comments to the, to the pod, whether it's part of your review on iTunes. <laughs> we will find them. We will answer your questions. But just, just shoot them to us and we'll uh, – do that next episode. Love it. So there, executive decision made. Next episode, mailbag. It will presumably be sooner than a month away, like the like like the distance between the distance, the time between yeah. our last episode and this one. And yeah, how we went to summer league to pot on it and then lost that whole episode hey, and now it's too late. Hey, you know what, dude? We, we got we got two days in Vegas away from our. I love my wife and family. I made money. You love your wife and family, but we got two days away from from all of that and got to go enjoy our time in Vegas. So, pot or no pot, it was still well worth it, right? Right. So, now we'll officially wrap it up. And thank you for listening. Depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. If I'm not back in five minutes. Just way longer. Just